1: The Fellowship of the Saints, and what it means for us today. Join us for Times of Refreshing. If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. We might want to change that a little bit today to sing, If you're saved and you know it, then your friends will surely show it. Hi there, and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore. Today we find ourselves in Acts chapter 2 with a message called The Fellowship of the Saints. And indeed, when we come to Saving Faith in Christ... Not only do our lives change, but we find our friend base does as well. Oh, we long to fellowship with other saints. For the details now, Pastor Napoleon.
2: When a person gives their life to God, it is, a, it is sometimes it can be a very uh, blessed time, obviously. So many things that you're discovering about yourself, about who God is, about the changes that God is making in your life. But in this, it can also be somewhat stressful in that as you closer and closer, you get to God, you start to realize that maybe your environment, your associations, the things that you were involved in prior to knowing God, there's a time in which God has to purge you of those things and to clean you up and to pull you away from relationships, pull you away from circumstances, pull you away from environments. So he can get you close to him and begin the process of sanctification where God sets you aside and sets you apart for his purpose. And he begins to clean you up. He begins to make you brand new. He begins to start this process in your life where you begin to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. Sometimes that process can be painful. Sometimes there are relationships that you have to, like I said before, step away from and maybe just for a season. And I know in my own personal life sometimes it was there were some lonely days in the sense that I didn't have a lot of friends. Now, God was drawing near to me, but there was a period of time where I had to say, hey, man, you guys want to go to the club, but I want to go to this prayer meeting. I'm not going to be getting involved in that. You guys want to go to the pool hall and drink, but I want to go and I want to go study my Bible because I'm trying to get my life right. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in this room? I'm trying to get my life right. I'm trying to go in the right direction, man. I want to get my life right. And so this process can sometimes be tough. But one of the things that God begins to help us with is he begins to bring people into our lives that are going in the same direction. That have have the same desires and passions and that are looking to have intimacy with God and so we begin to develop a new kind of fellowship and it becomes a clean fellowship it becomes a, a a pure fellowship and and God causes us to partake in this type of fellowship and I think it's something that we all have to get get used to it doesn't mean that you don't have friends that aren't saved it doesn't mean that you don't have family members that aren't saved, doesn't mean that, you're, that you're, you don't, you're not around people that don't know God. You're in the world, but you're not of the world because God is doing something new in your life. And I found that, that it's amazing when you see people that do not know God, they begin to see your life change, and then all of a sudden it causes them to want to change. If we stick to it, It draws people in, and that's God's heart. Acts chapter 2, verse 40, on down to 47, we see an interesting account here. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. In chapter 1, he sent forth his spirit. He he declared that he would send forth his spirit, and the disciples would be empowered, be used by God to be witnesses in in the surrounding region. Acts chapter 2, they're filled with the Spirit of God. And it was a little bit of commotion concerning what had just transpired. And Peter gets up and he stands and he begins to preach the first sermon for the New Testament church. And right after this, in verse 40, we pick this up. It says, And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. He says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, or their teachings, and what? Fellowship. He says, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, That they, 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 they had the apostles' doctrine. They, they ate together. They broke bread or they took communion together. And then it says that they had fellowship. It says that they had fellowship. This word fellowship in the Greek, it means to share in, to participate in. And truly their fellowship came about as a result of the Holy Spirit coming into their midst, coming into their lives. And they began to share in Christ's death. They begin to share in Christ's resurrection. They begin to share in his burial. They begin to share because now they all had the Holy Spirit flowing in their lives. They begin to share because God began to uh, uh, clean them and move them and wash them and get them going in a direction. And I think it's important that we see fellowship as a sharing in. And you cannot have. True fellowship with somebody, and we're going to see this in the Scripture, that does not know God unless, number one, the Spirit of God is in them. Number number two, the blood of Jesus Christ is in their life. Number three, they understand the principles and doctrine. All this stuff goes together. We can sit down and have lunch. But we do not have genuine fellowship until we begin to share in the same things. We begin to head in the same direction. We begin to enjoy the things that God enjoys because ultimately he's the one who unites us all together. And so these individuals develop that. And I think all of us as Christians have to see the value of fellowship. And this is part of the reason why we have home groups. Because what we're trying to do is get people together to fellowship around the, the Word of God, get to know each other, and get to value how God is moving in another person's life. And then ultimately, through this group, begin to draw other people in who do not know God. Felt home groups are so important to help us build fellowship within our local churches. And this is something that was, that was very clear for the first century church. They had all things in common all things in common. They begin to share with each other that, man, you, you need some clothes. Oh, I got some. They've been sitting in the closet the last year and I haven't wore it. And I'm probably not going to wear it because I don't fit it no more. But you can have it. What I'm saying is, is that there's a sharing. There's a partnering. There's a, there's a bonding together. There's a unifying of our hearts together in love. And this is going to be more and more important as we approach the end of this age, when more persecution of Christians begins to emerge in the land. We have to learn to fellowship together and get to know each other and fellowship around the things of God. But, you know, true fellowship with each other does not genuinely happen until two things precede it. Let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians Chapter one, and let's take a look at this. And I think this is all also really important when we look at this fellowship. First Corinthians chapter one. True fellowship does not genuinely really hit our lives as Christians. Until we. We embrace these next two things, and this is important. First Corinthians chapter one, verse four. Apostle Paul talking to the church of Corinth, he says this, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus. That you are enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end. That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch verse 9, y'all. Listen to this. God is faithful. By whom you were called into the what? Fellowship of his son. Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of who? His son. Jesus Christ. Our Lord. And I think this is important for us. Is if we're going to enjoy our fellowship, we first have to begin to love and enjoy our fellowship with Him. And true and authentic fellowship of Christ, the fellowship of Christ, and, and when He says the fellowship of His Son, yes, He is talking about the church, but primarily it's speaking concerning our relationship with Him, with Him. Do you fellowship with Christ? Do you walk with Christ? Do you get up in the morning and think about Christ? On your job, do you talk to Christ? Raising your children, do you talk to Christ? Do you, are you sharing with Christ in those things that are important to him? Are you participating with Christ in the things that are on his heart and are on his mind? Is this something that is truly, truly, truly a part of your everyday existence? That I fellows, I have been called to fellowship to the fellowship of Christ. I'm called to fellowship with him. This is what God has ordained and established for my life, that I would learn to fellowship with Christ. That it's not just about going to church because I can't, I can go to church and still not be in fellowship with Christ. I can sing the songs and still not be in fellowship with Christ. I want to participate. I want to share it. I want to get involved in. It. I want to be unified with Christ. I want those things that are in Christ's heart to be the things that are now on my heart. I want to find out what pleases Christ. I want to enjoy what pleases Christ. I don't want to reluctantly come to church. I don't want to reluctantly pray. I want to enjoy my work with Christ. And this is how we have to start thinking. That, man, I have felt God has called me into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. That this is this is a part of my calling. To get to to know him, to fall in love with God, to fall in love with Jesus Christ, to be unashamed of who Christ is in my life, to boldly declare that I love Jesus Christ, to let the world know that I love Jesus Christ. I have fellowship with Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen, y'all? And what happens is we, we kind of, sometimes we, we, we're going through this process and then instead of us being very, very excited and enjoying our fellowship with Christ, we kind of, Christ is, he's in our lives. But he's not our lives. We have to get to the point where Christ is not just in my life, he becomes my life. That this is what my life is all about. It's about Jesus Christ. To live as Christ. To live is Christ. And this becomes my fellowship. My fellowship helps me to cultivate that. And then out of my relationship with Christ, Christ teaches me how to properly relate to my brothers and sisters. Out of that relationship will spring forth the fellowship that we saw in Acts chapter 2. A genuine fellowship where we can be under people, but still under God. That we can listen to teaching, but still be listening to God through the teaching that we can have that we can break bread, go to church, be in the temple. But none of that takes the place of Christ, because truly my fellowship was with Christ. And now my allegiance is purely to Christ. And then out of that, Christ teaches me how to love this person and that love that person and the fellowship with that person. And Apostle Paul was very clear. He understood with this particular church that God is faithful And God, our father, is the one who called us into the fellowship of His son. And it was clear. I like how the Bible. I love the Bible because it doesn't just say into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. It says to into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. And then he says, our Lord, that he's the captain of the ship, that he's the Lord. He's our leader. And every day we should be reporting to duty. Amen. And enjoying our fellowship with him. And as we do this, something begins to transpire on the inside of us, saints. And I think it's, it's, it's sad. Because sometimes, let me say this to you. Please. This is not, the church has a social aspect to it, but it is not a social club. It's not a social club where we just punch our tickets. God is building a family. And sometimes in our fellowship with Christ, we're going to have high times. Sometimes in our fellowship with Christ, we're going to have low time. Sometimes in our fellowship with Christ, he's going to love on us and tell us how great we are and how wonderful. He's so happy to have us a part of the family and we're part of the kingdom of God. And then sometimes God is going to say, I'm mad at you. You need to stop that. And we'll get into this as we get down in the scriptures, but it's it's important that we realize that Jesus isn't a thing or an it; he's a person. Can I have an amen? And he thinks, he smiles, he laughs, he talks. Sometimes he's quiet. Sometimes we get to know him through our fellowship, and then he helps us to rightly relate to our brothers and sisters. Amen. Go to First John chapter one. First John chapter one. This is another thing that we have to realize. So our fellowship is with. With God, our father, son, Jesus Christ. But this also is interesting. We're called into fellowship with his son. But as we're called into fellowship with his son, there's a certain posture that we also have to have. It's not only that we enjoy, not only we enjoy our, our fellowship with Jesus Christ, but we enjoy our fellowship with the father. Look what it says here in verse one. You also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the father and with who his son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be filled, may be full. I love this because when he's talking about the things which their hands have handled and touched and concerning the word of life, he's referencing Jesus Christ, who is the word of life. And then he says that our fellowship, he said that you might have fellowship with us. Apostle John is saying, but he says not our fellowship isn't just with us. Our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And so another thing that we have to get a hold of in our relationship with God, we know we want to serve Jesus. We want to fall in love with Jesus. But God, our father wants us to enjoy fellowship with him. And this is another aspect of our relationship with God Almighty is realizing that we have a heavenly father who looks down upon us, who wants to get to know us. And I think one of the the major mistakes that we make, especially when we come out of uh, family structures that were a little bit dysfunctional and 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 maybe the father wasn't around, we tend to have a skewed vision of who the father really is, because we're seeing through the lenses. That of our upbringing or whatever it is. Saints, get in your Bible and find out who God the Father is. Get to know him. How He's called you into this type of fellowship with him. Not only just with his son, Jesus Christ, but with him as a father. One of the greatest revelations that you could have as a Christian is a revelation that God is your father. That God. God. Listen to me say, you came through your parents, but you came from God. Never forget that. Your mama and daddy didn't create those eyeballs in your head. It's God. You are his handiwork. And we have to learn to develop a relationship that God is my Father. And I learned to relate to God as my father and enjoy fellowship. If I can't, if I don't have good fellowship with God, the father, I'm not going to have good fellowship with his children. This is why sometimes in churches they break down because people don't have a revelation of who God is and who Jesus Christ is. And what happens is people start treating his children ways in which they should not treat them. Look at verse five. This is good. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is what light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, God, the father and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so one of the things that we want to learn to do so that we maintain our faith fellowship with god is is to walk in the light light brings illumination it brings revelation it brings clarity it brings insight and as we're walking with god god through the power of his holy spirit is going to show us areas in our lives where we're not walking in the light our job is to accept what he's saying and not justify ourselves This is one of the main ways in which we we hinder our fellowship with God, our father, is when he tells us you're wrong, we say it was their fault. It was that I didn't do nothing. And instead of us walking in the light as he is in the light, maintaining that relationship That's why he says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to do what? Forgive us of our sins and to do what? And to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But when we don't take personal responsibility for darkness in our lives, then we're hindering our relationship with God. And one of the things that's uh, sad, saints, is that we got there's this new movement, you know, going on. And people are just trying to sweep sin under the carpet and and make like God doesn't care. God cares about Listen, You know what Deacon Bob used to say? God hates sin. He hates sin. He doesn't like it. We can't sweep it. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. But if we point the finger at somebody else. If we make excuses for ourselves, if we don't take personal responsibility for our our actions, for our attitudes, for our for the deeds in which we've done, then. You may still be going to church, but you could be hindering your fellowship with God. This is what he just said. And so what we want to do is when the Holy Spirit. Comes into our lives and he convicts us. What he's trying to do is he's trying to help us to acknowledge where we're wrong. But then he wants to cleanse us. If we don't take personal responsibility for our actions, we're starting to distance ourselves from God. Saints, don't do that. Maintain your relationship when the Holy Spirit convicts you or the word of God convicts you. If you're talking to someone, you get convicted, say, ouch, that's me. I confess that as sin. I got to get that out of my heart. That envy I got, that was envious. That covetousness I got, I got to get that out. Oh, man, why did I just cuss like that? Oh, my goodness. Lord, change my heart. Can I preach on this today? Can I preach on this today, y'all? Because this is how we keep our fellowship intact. And as we do this, then Acts chapter 2 comes alive for us. It starts with God our Father. And it starts with his son, Jesus Christ. And then out of that, fellowship truly begins to flow.
1: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. A peace that passes all understanding.